In today's episode, we interview Jason Barker with Mile High Distilling. We're going to talk a little bit about Mile High, and we're going to talk about one of their products that I think is a really good product for a beginner. It's on the high end side of the price spectrum, but it's also on the high end of the quality spectrum. So uh, it's very versatile product. It's an eight gallon stainless steel milk can style still with a copper column that is modular. And we'll get into that and some other interesting things. So here we go. This is Still in the Clear, the podcast that distills the art and science of home distilling into easy-to-follow, audible nuggets for the beginning moonshiner. This information is for education and entertainment purposes only. You could even call it fiction if you want to. Home distilling may be illegal in your area. I'm your host, Cyrus, and I'm just a guy that lives in the woods and likes to make shine. So let's get into it. Listen, I just wanted to ask a favor before we start the episode. When working to gain exposure for this podcast, it helps to have reviews and ratings. So I'm asking for your help by going to podchaser.com to leave a review for this podcast. Let others know what you think about the show and help us grow at the same time. Thanks. Now let's get to the show. Hey Jason, how are you doing today? Good, Cyrus. How are you? Uh, I'm really good. Thank you, brother. So, I wanted to have uh, you on to talk about the Mile High stuff, your you guys' product, and specifically the 8-gallon with copper 2-inch diameter dual-purpose steel. And so, that's what we're going to talk about today. I want to give you a chance to uh, introduce yourself, tell the listeners about who you are and, and what you do for Mile High. Okay, yeah. Well, my name is Jason. I've been with Mile High Distilling for about seven years. Um, a little bit about Mile High Distilling. We Mike started Mile High Distilling back in 2003. He um, saw a little niche in this, and he started, and he, and he was an excellent TIG welder, and he started welding up some steel some stills and researched it and built and some did some trial and error and found some designs that worked for him and sold a couple to his buddies and then found a, a, a I guess a little um, niche of a time to start and so he went for it and his wife is an IT person and she helped him build a website and this is back in 2003 and they built the website and he started selling some stills online and through eBay and stuff at that time. And then uh, he just built the business, started selling supplies uh, and goods that go with the stills and just built it up from then. We, um, we've been uh, kind of a, a market leader, I guess, for a while. And uh, because of the quality, we've always taken pride in the quality we produce. And we're a small shop. I mean, we are a small company. There's less than 10 of us that work here. And we work hard. Uh, we come in. Uh, Monday through Friday and work hard every day and uh, build stills and uh, and we have a couple ladies with us that that work with us to help pack supply orders and it's um it's a neat little business it's something that's um I think it's more up and coming now than it has been for a long time and I think that we have a good future we're going to continue to 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 build and grow um with new products and so we're we're excited about that that's, yeah, so little little garage built business. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah, his job, Mike is um when he kind of went into this full time is because his job was outsourced to Mexico at the time and then it ended up going to China. But um he felt a lot of pain for that and he thought, well, you know what, I want to do everything I can to keep manufacturing here. So he manufactured here and then, you know, he hired welders and fabricators and we built things here. We don't have, we, not everything, unfortunately, is built 
uh, everything that we sell as Mile High Distilling is built in our shop in Colorado. We do import things um, like the milk cans and kettles that we can't compete with. We tried to build them and uh, it's just not cost effective. We can't compete and we've tried to purchase them from companies who specialize in building stainless vessels and and um, we weren't able to compete. So unfortunately that side of it um, we do import, but we try to build as much as we can here. Yeah. Okay. And what do you do there? I'm a I'm a manager. I've been a manager for. Mike hired me on. He was having some trouble with management. Um, and I uh, I came from the plastics industry, and I was uh, very tired of that. We we ran. Uh, it was extrusion. We made plastic tubing and plastic profiles and I'd been doing that for a long time as a, a plant manager and um, I always thought Mike's business was kind of neat and I and I always told him you know if you, you ever needed uh, some help or you know you, you ever interested in if you're ever going to move on or you wanted to sell your business let me know and that's kind of how it started and and he bought tubing for it from us for his condensers uh, for the condensers for the stills and and we end up just kind of building a relationship on that and then one day he just asked me you want you want to come over to work for me i mean i can't can't pay what you were making but uh you know you'd be working from you know monday through friday from you know eight to five and kind of a little bit a little bit lighter hours and a little bit more peace of mind and i and at that time i was ready to jump so i uh just went over and right. and and did that and I'm, it was a great move we've been um been helping mike with this business for the last seven years and it's been a it's been a fun journey, and it's exciting to see the business uh, go in the direction that it has. And so, yeah, I'm excited, and I'm planning on being here for a while in the future. So, we, as we can grow this and design and build new products and stay on top of our game. So, I can imagine that it. I've made a lot of moves in my life going from this job or that job, and I can say it's always nice to go from a job where you you just don't really enjoy the job to go into one where it's you enjoy it more yeah yeah it is it was a big peace of mind and i was so wound up i mean we ran 24 hours a day and it was five days five to seven days a week so i was getting calls in the middle of the night going in and helping getting jobs going again when they were having trouble oh. in the shop when the when the factory was having trouble and it was just non-stop so yeah this was a big big peace of mind and uh, it was a it was a fun move and something that I mean it's still work I mean there's definitely it's definitely a job it's definitely work and but it's uh, fun we have awesome customers I mean our customer base is I'd say 98 percent of them are just good old boys down to earth um, just good people all around good people and we're very fortunate for that awesome okay well um, I had a few questions from our listeners and from the folks over in the MeWe group, Moonshine for Beginners. So I'm just going to throw those at you first. Does that sound good? That sounds good. Okay. All right. So one of our members over there, Tomcat, he's got three questions. And one, uh, he, he is curious about how the pandemic has affected uh, the sales over there for you guys. It's increased our sales. Uh, people being at home, I think uh, that's part, a lot of it. Um, we see that anyway. We're kind of seasonal a little bit during the winter months is our busier months. And in the summertime, I think life just gets busy. Kids are out of school and things. So the hobbies kind of go to the wayside during the summer months. And then in the winter months, it gets busier. But then with this pandemic hit and people being at home, it, and then, you know, on top of being at home, they were, you know, they might have been on the fence thinking about wanting to do some distilling at home and, and, uh, just knowing that they're going to be home more kind of, I guess, uh, got them off center to move forward and buy a still and get going. And so that's, um, it's, right. it's increased our business. Good deal. Yeah. There's, uh, I think that's happened a lot in other industries too, the hobby industries. I, I think that's the same across the board. Yes, we've been very fortunate. I mean, I know there's a lot of businesses there that have been suffering through this whole time, and um, you know, we're very thankful that we've been busy. Mm-hmm. So what about uh, future growth of home distilling? You think it's on the rise? 
I do. I think that more and more people that have been, you know, brewing beer and making wine are just, and we have a lot of customers that are just first time into any kind of um, hobby, um, I guess, uh, spirit making or, you know, home brewing, mm-hmm. just going right into distilling. And that's been uh, kind of on the increase. And I think the Moonshiner show, is, it started back in 2012. When that show came on, it definitely striked a lot of interest. And there's just a lot of history in in moonshining. And um, there's a lot of people that want to carry on some traditions that maybe their grandfather or great-grandfather did. And maybe mm-hmm. they have recipe books that they'd like to try. So that's all intriguing to get started. And just, the, just, just a neat craft or hobby handcrafted product you can make at home, you know. Yeah, and there's uh there's some romance in it too, you know. There's there's kind of a romantic feel that I think is a bit unique uh in America. I mean, I I'm just a dumb American that's never left America, so I'm kind of talking out of my ass there, but um, you know, with prohibition and the people over in Appalachia and there's just a lot of romantic history involved. A lot of people, that's how they made their their money, their income, um, running moonshine, and just a lot of a lot of history behind all of it. And, and it's a neat, it's, it's a neat, fun hobby. It's interesting, it's fun, and it's it's definitely not new, but it's kind of becoming new again, I guess. Yeah, I think you're right. So, uh, what advice do you have for a new distiller? What if you could only offer one piece of advice? What would it be? I think it's just, if you're thinking about getting into home distilling, is research it. Um, There's a lot of information out there, like these podcasts and YouTube channels, and um, and homedistiller.org is a great website to go to to find a tremendous amount of information. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I... You don't want to get into a, a where I guess where you get information overload and then you just never move forward because it's too much information. But you just take it with a grain of salt. You learn what you what the most you can about it, and um, see if it's a fit for you. Right. Yeah. My big thing with uh, what I'm always telling new distillers, my big thing is just jump in, like make it as do it as simply as you can first and then grow from there because you can't it is it is easy to get paralyzed by the amount of information that's out there and you know no matter where you start no matter how much information you take in you're going to improve later anyway so just jump in there make you make some see how easy it can be in its simplest form and then add complexity as you go that's what I tell people. That's a that's I think that's a very good a good point. I, I think that's the thing. I, I say research, but yeah, that's that can be a you know you start getting into it and you start getting information overload, and then you just kind of let it go and, mm-hmm. and you just get in get started. And it, it it is a simple process, so it can be fun right off the bat. Right. So you don't need to get too complex. You can learn as you go. I think that's a that's that's a great. A way to let new people, new distillers know. Exactly. Yeah. You had said that uh, a lot of people do it because their grandfather did or whatever. And I just had an interview um, with another guy in our group. Uh, actually, the guy that just asked these three questions, Tomcat, he just got through building his own steel out of a, out of a keg. And when I asked him why he got into it, it was because it kind of started with his dad, you know, and he kind of just wanted to carry that on, which was pretty cool. Yeah, that is neat. Um, we hear that regularly where people just don't want to let that uh, information and recipes and art mm-hmm. just fall away, you know, they want to keep it going. Right. So uh, Joe Will Stillwater um Another guy in our group wants to know about uh, running a steel with a reflux and without a reflux, and can I use the same column steel as a pot steel and a vodka steel? Yes, um, I can't speak for every steel, but uh, you know, there's the steels that we sell. We sell some that are just strictly pot steels, which means the vapor 
carries up, rises up from the pot through either an onion head and into a condenser right away or straight up through a tube, a short tube, or more of a traditional head. Well, anyway, the, the vapor is going up and then condensing fairly quickly. That's mm -hmm. allowing flavors to carry over from the, the wash. And then with the reflux stills, they have, uh, they're packed, so the column's a little taller, and it can be packed with copper mesh or and rashing rings, or there's different media that can be put in the column. We go with uh, copper mesh and rashing rings, which are ceramic rings. It gives surface area for the vapor as it rises up through the column to collect and condense on and it causes a separation effect from alcohols and waters. And then when it hits a what we call a reflux condenser, which is a, like on a two-inch column, for example, it would be a, it'd be a jacket around the two-inch column, a short, about five-inch tall jacket at the, at the top of the column. So as that vapor rose up through the column packing and comes in contact with the cool reflux jacket, it drops out some of the heavier it condenses and drops out some of the heavier waters, water vapors back to a liquid, drops them down through the column, and lets the lighter alcohol vapors carry over. Mm -hmm. And that's how you get that real high percentage, the 180, 190 proof. And the way you can run them, we have we call them a dual purpose. So dual purpose meaning you can run it as a pot still or a reflux still. And the way you do that is uh, when you run it as a reflux, just like I was saying, you pack the column and run the water to the reflux jacket and you run water to your final product condenser. You always run water to your final product condenser, which is usually on the arm or through a coil. And then when you want to run it as a pot still, you put very a light amount of packing in there, usually just copper mesh, just one or two rolls of copper mesh, and you don't run water to the reflux condenser. So that lets the vapor rise up through the column easily through the copper mesh and then through the final product condenser and that's how you run it as a pot still and then on the bigger stills like the fluted stills you can do the same thing like the plated columns where they have bubble cap plates or downcomer plates between each section those you can take the plates out and and then it also has a reflex we call a deflamator reflex condenser which is like a tube and shell type condenser that's a very efficient condenser, and you can just either take it out of line, I mean, take it off the off the column, remove it completely, or you can just not run water to it, and uh, run that like a pot still as well. So these stills can be, when we call or usually a reflux still in our world and Mile High Distilling stills, they they can all be run as a pot still as well. So they're all they're all dual purpose. But then if you look at just the pot still, the pot still is only a pot still. It, it, you, the only way you can get a higher percentage through that is if you do like a stripping run first, then come back and do a, a second, complete second distillation and maybe even a third distillation to get the percentage and the spirit to be cleaner and more pure, higher higher percentage. Right. Yeah, that's why I, that's why I like that, the product that we're going to be talking about today because it's, it's a dual purpose. And that's really good for a beginner because you can just start out running it like a pot steel and kind of learn how the steel works. And then you can, from there, move into running it as a reflux. I think that's really good for someone who's just starting out. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a big seller for us uh, because of that. It's the simplicity of it. And then, and you do have some options to grow with. Right. Um, and that makes it, uh, makes it a nice, a nice move. So you're not just kind of stuck in one, one area. And then you wish you would have went, a little bit different so i mean it kind of gives you the little more room to grow i guess yeah okay and paul Parrish asks and i don't know if this uh, when i've been looking around on your websites i didn't see any thumpers um but he asks how do you use a thumper correctly you can see everything anything on the internet but what is right do you guys deal with thumpers yeah, do. at all or uh, yeah, we do. We sell okay. um, thumpers, and all all of our equipment's interchangeable. So that's what's kind of nice about it. When you when we get some customers that say they start out with an eight gallon with a two inch dual purpose tower, and then they want to go with a thumper later on, um, we sell the parts and the three gallon that'll line up with their eight gallon. So it's all on the same plane. So you could put it on a workbench or whatever, and uh, right. or a table tabletop so and you can just hook your parts to it and run it with a three gallon thumper or if you have a 16 gallon still 
um, we have an eight gallon thumper that lines up and matches up to that. So, or we, if we just have thumpers complete as a complete still, if some people, some customers want to start out with just a thumper right from the beginning. And the way a thumper is run is, um, there, there's quite a few ways that people run it. And a lot of times it's just the same wash that goes in the main boiler, goes into the thumper. It helps kind of smooth it out, gives it almost a second distillation. And then, um, People also use flavoring so they can put some fruit or juice and different things in your thumper to put the alcohol vapor through that, pick up some of that flavor, and then condense out. Um, and some people even use water, as, as, as strange as that sounds. Um, they use water just to smooth out some of their flavor. I mean, we've seen that happen, too. Um, right. I have not tried the water myself, but um, you know, there's there's different options you can do with thumpers. Yeah, and so you're running the the thumper in between... So the vapor goes through the column, then it goes into the thumper, and then it goes into the condenser. Yeah, and usually it's a shorter column. Like ours, for example, are traditional heads, which means they, they have that gooseneck look. So on the top of, uh, we say, for example, we have an 8-gallon to a 3-gallon thumper. The 8-gallon on the top, we have a 2-inch traditional head that looks like a gooseneck, goes into a half-inch um, vapor or vapor tube that takes the vapor to the bottom of the three gallon so it goes from the eight gallon the vapor rises up through the traditional head and then goes into a stem into the bottom of the three gallon so it boils up on the bottom of the liquid that's in the three gallon and then the vapor rises up through that liquid in the three gallon and then goes out of the condenser yeah so whatever's in that three gallon uh, that vapor will push through. I mean, some people will put fruit, like if they're doing a peach brandy, they'll take um, fresh peaches, take the pit out of them, mash them up, and put some peach and some pe- and a little bit of water and a little bit of juice in there to get to pick up some of that flavor and try to infuse that alcohol vapor. It still comes out clear, but it has more of a, a more of a flavor in it. Yeah, excellent. And those are getting more and more popular with the, um, the Moonshiner show and things. Um, and a lot of people want to get more flavor in their alcohol which is understandable a lot of times when you run a real high percentage neutral spirit it's it's like a vodka you proof it down i mean to a drinkable strength but it's still just a neutral spirit like a vodka it's great for mixing and things but right you know, some a lot of lot a lot of more of the craft is getting that flavor to come to carry over into the vapor but still keeping the the liquid clear right okay so um next question regnet constitutionalist asks um What's what is your requirement for recording or reporting sales of stills? We don't record. Uh, we don't provide um, still sales to any agency. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about what happened in the past. I've been here at Mile High Distilling for about seven years, and just a, a couple years, a year or so before that. So back in 2011, 2012, the TTB which is a taxes for alcohol and tobacco slash ATF. Those guys came in to Mile High Distilling, talked to Mike. Mike started Mile High Distilling back in 2003. But anyway, this uh, the TTB and the ATF came in. They said they wanted records of stills being sold for the last three years. And they did that to us, and they did that to all of our competitors. And... Uh, Mike asked him, well, what are you going to, he asked the, the lead uh, gentleman's name was Joseph, uh, what are you going to do with this, with his records? And he said, well, we, we don't know. We weren't expecting to see uh, between you and your competitors, there had been about 80,000 stills sold. That was back then in 2011, going back three years. And so Mike thought about it, and he thought, well, maybe it's going to be a scare tactic letter or something. I mean, 80,000 people, it's not like you can go knocking on doors and seeing who's doing what. And it's not illegal on a federal level to own a still. Different states have their own laws, and we're not a lawyer, and I'm definitely not speaking as a lawyer. I'm just, this is what information that I know of. And this, this gentleman with the TTB said that they don't have enough personnel now to handle their workload let alone to take this on. So it set for a little while. They did ask us from that day forward to report still sales every quarter. And uh, we had to listen on our website that we reported still sales. Um, and uh, we moved forward. Every quarter we re- 
be part of still sales. And at the, uh, let's see, it was about three years ago, they called us and or emailed us and told us, you no longer need to report still sales. Now, not only we were doing this, this was our, our competition as well. Yeah. Anybody who sold stills had to do this. And then, you know, around, well, around that time when they told us, no, we no longer need to report still sales, just, just before that, they sent out a scare tactic letter and it was a, it was a definitely an intimidating letter. It said that we can go after your personal properties, houses, cars. And, um, it was intimidating and there was, they left a phone number on the, we, we were, I mean, as you can imagine, our phone was just ringing off the hook. Blowing up. Uh, people very, oh, people were frustrated. I mean, they were very frustrated with us. We were, you know, called every name in the book. We, we sold people out. That's what they thought. You know, we, we have to, um, obey the laws. I mean, that's, you know, we, we can, there's a lot of ramifications on our end as well. And, um, we didn't have a choice. So, but we did tell people that we've had lawyers. I mean, I've had, I have, I've had a pretty much all branches of law enforcement purchase stills from us. I mean, I had a, just a, a couple months ago, we had a chief of police. He said, he called me and he told me, you're going to like this one. I said, Oh yeah, what's going on? And he said, I'm, I'm a chief of police and, um, I want to buy a whiskey still. And I said, Oh, I kind of like this. Yeah. And he said, uh, well, you know, we're, uh, the way I look at it is in within the United States, there are states that you can grow and buy marijuana in. And if that's the case, and it is the case, then I should be able to make my own whiskey. And I said, I think you have a great point. Right. So and we've had and we've had lawyers and doctors and everybody in between buy stills and lawyers have told us, you know, they know what they'd have to go through to find out, you know, to you know, get search warrants and find out what exactly a person was doing in their garage. And for making a little bit of hooch for yourself is you know it, to me is not a huge deal and it's definitely not going to affect the sales tax which i think that's the main concern of the ttb the taxes for alcohol and tobacco mm-hmm. but um anyway that's a little bit of the history of it that i know of and um it was a kind of a shake up for us and a lot of our customers but now i can't imagine i mean between us and our competitors and amazon and ebay and uh, foreign suppliers they're there are a there is probably what, half a million stills that have been sold, and if they're going to go after us, they're going to have to also go after our competitors and anybody who sells stills. Yeah. And this time we will arm ourselves better with a lawyer and make sure that we are that, that it's a fair um, that we're treat, that we're being treated fairly across the board and along with everybody else that and anybody else that's selling stills. Yeah. Okay. So, at this point in time, they're not requiring any kind of documentation. That's good. No, there is no no records being sent. Um, um, I don't know what the future has to hold for. I mean, I can't uh, really imagine that it's not. These are all old prohibition laws that were put in, in times during prohibition, and uh, they just haven't changed since then. And it's it's really, uh, and with this, all the cannabis laws coming up, I can't imagine that it's not going to eventually um, become legal to make. You know, I th- yeah, I think home. so too. Yeah, I agree with you. And that, that leads us into Brandon Rose's question. He's asking if you guys are doing any kind of advocating or lobbying. Are you guys involved in anything like that to legalize home distillation? We haven't been for a while. Uh, there was a group and I'm not sure where they stand. That's a good question. I don't, I'm not up to date on that. I know that there was a group of individuals that were, that did hire a lobbyist and, uh, were working on legalizing home distilling. And, uh, from what I understood, this has been a couple of years ago, but they were, um, shut down. I, I don't know the, the, the reasons why. Um, from what I hear, this is hearsay, so I don't know how accurate this is, but I was told that there was um, a big distiller in in one of the back pockets of somebody who made some decisions, and they put a stop to it. I don't know if that's true or not. Um, I'm sure you know easily could be, but that's what I've heard. Well, that that sounds like how the game is played. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah, it's very frustrating. But the on a positive note, there is more and more people. Um, getting into it and there's also um, there's also a lot of handcraft distillers coming up and and um, you know there was a monopoly for many many years and 
now there's a lot of um, guys starting distilleries, putting everything on the line and making great products and yeah. in a, at a local level. And that's pretty, pretty neat. So, yeah, that's awesome. Well, I, I appreciate you answering those questions for, uh, for the listeners of the show. I appreciate that. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, why don't we get into talking about this still, this eight gallon with two inch diameter dual purpose pro, uh, the copper with the copper column. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, the, the eight gallon size, uh, and this is kind of some things to think about when you buy a still is the eight gallon size is our biggest seller that the reason for that is because you can heat it for with 110 volts uh, 2000 watt heating element or a hot plate or you can put a gas burner underneath it as well but it's um and, and it yields decently on an eight gallon uh, with a if you got if you did a 20 percent sugar wash or that means fermenting up to 20 percent sugar wash you can get about three quarters of a gallon out of it if it was a grain mash, you'd get about a half a gallon, maybe a little less than a half a gallon out of it. So it's a decent yield for a run. Mm -hmm. The uh, dual purpose part of it um, is, well, we have a dual purpose one piece, and we have a dual purpose um, pro, we call it. And the dual purpose pro is modular, and we sell them both in a stainless and a copper. The pro model is the best way to go. It's it's the, it's the most versatile for that size range. And... The reason it is is because it it, it comes a, it comes apart in in pieces. So you can take the the reflux jacket out if you want to shorten the column and run it as a shorter column pot still. You can put the reflux jacket in and run it as a reflux. It also includes a sight glass and a little screen gasket. So you can use that sight glass as a little a little chamber to hold botanicals. So if you were wanting to make a gin, you could put that sight glass above the reflux jacket with a uh, screen gasket that's included with this kit and put some gin uh, botanicals and things in it and then yeah. run your gin up your vapor through and infuse that vapor so that's that is the ideal still um, for to start with I mean that gives you some room to grow you're not at just uh, you, you won't be you know running one a couple runs and then be bored with it you have enough to to grow into it uh, it's an ideal still and and what is uh what's the price range on that uh, at this time right now the um there let me let me t i'm gonna take a look here and get you some accurate pricing on there there's a couple ways to purchase it so you can buy just the column so if you were building a keg as a boiler you could put just the column on a keg mm -hmm. and if you like for example the dual purpose pro um copper column is 429 if you wanted to do the eight the eight gallon with the copper dual purpose pro column is six eighty nine, and then we also have kits. Like the kits are are what they are is they they includes the complete still, so it has the milk can with the column, and then it also has a starter kit. We call it is a starter fermentation kit, which has the eight gallon bucket. So the milk can is eight gallon. That's the capacity of the milk can. You need to leave a few inches of headspace in it, so you put about six and a half gallons in, and then uh, the the fermenter bucket is eight gallons capacity, so you need a few inches of headspace in there. So they work hand in hand, work right. really good with each other. And then um, that so that kit, that complete kit, has a fermentation bucket, the complete spill, and the uh, the heat source, which is a um, a controller, a little a variable rheostat type controller, um, and a heating element that clamps in, a heating element assembly that clamps in with a 2,000 watt heating element. And that's uh, that complete kit gets you started. You, get, you have everything you need to get started, and a couple packets of yeast, a couple clearing agents, um, an alcohol meter, a hydrometer, a test jar. So it gives you the tools you need to get started. And that, the, for example, on something like that with the with the copper dual purpose pro still on an eight gallon complete kit is a 944 and that has free shipping on it as well uh, when we when you when you do the whole kit with the uh, with the complete still the starter fermentation kit and the heat source it's uh, free shipping on that and then that's the that's the that's a copper one if you wanted to do a stainless you save about fifty dollars 
going with stainless, uh, the copper costs about $50 more. Um, the, the stainless one with the two inch diameter dual purpose pro is $8.85 with free shipping. That's the complete kit. Or you can buy, like I was saying, just the tower. Or if you already have fermentation, some people have already been brewing beer or making wine and they just, they already have fermentation equipment. So they just want the still. Right. And uh, you can buy just the still or just the, the heat source and buy them, piece it out if, if that's the way you want to. Yeah. And I like too that that's, uh, you know, you can just buy the column too. Cause there's a lot of people that make their own stills. Um, but that column, that modular column where you can add in the reflux and the sight glass and, and all of that, that's, uh, that's pretty handy and r- could really be worth the money. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it, makes it easy because a keg makes a great still. There's another thing that we do, uh, for the kegs for people that are interested in building the keg. We, we came up with a, um, what it is, is it's a, a top for a keg and it's the top. It's pretty much what it is, is a top of our milk can that you can weld onto the top of your keg. So what that allows you to do, because the, the biggest challenge with a keg is, is getting into it and cleaning it. If you, if you use the same, flans that was originally on it but if you have some fabrication skills and or know somebody that can help you do it you could cut this cut this out weld this piece in and then that what that does is it it creates an eight eight inch roll top that you can get your arm in and easily clean it out clean out the keg but then what you can do is put um we call them our lids our milk can lids but they're also act as a reducer so the lid you can go from that eight inch to a two inch or to a three inch or to a four inch tri-clamp flange and so you can put a two inch uh, column on it or a three inch column or a four inch column so that's pretty handy for somebody that wants to build uh, uh, something out of a keg that kind of gives you a little bit more versatility out of your keg right you know i I was watching a video too uh, that you guys have on youtube with mike kind of demonstrating the durability of y'all's products and it was it was pretty impressive like that they look pretty daggum durable in that video. Now, I've personally, I I haven't ever ran one of these stills, but that that video sure made it look like it's pretty durable. Yeah, yeah, they're durable stills. They um, we built the stainless ones are are, I mean, they're they're extremely durable. The copper, because the material is a softer material, it can get dented and damaged. But the um, it's just a matter of how you handle it. I really like the way the copper and the stainless look together. I think that's a really neat look. Uh, but uh, but that's something to think about if you're if if a person's pretty rough with stuff, the stainless might be the better way to go. But yeah, it's uh, they're durable equipment. It's it's going to last for a lifetime. Definitely be handing it down to your kids, and um, it'll it'll last a um, last a lifetime for sure. Yeah. So, what is your take on the stainless steel versus copper debate? Yeah, that's one we've been we've heard for a long time. I'd I'd really like to. What I thought it would be kind of neat to do, and I need to need to get out there and just and talk to some different laboratories and see if there's a way we can do like a side by side test mm-hmm. for sulfites in a in a in a in a finished spirit. Because I think that would be the the science behind it, and maybe that would give us a little bit more instead of kind of taking the opinions out of it and more like putting just solid facts side by side lab tests on what is found in the in spirit i mean we've sold stills to distilleries that are all stainless and they have won awards for their spirits and then we've also sold stills that have been mostly copper and they've also won awards for their spirits so you know um i personally like the copper look i like the i like the stainless kettle um because it's, it's durable it's easy to clean um, but I do like the copper in the column. I like the way it looks uh, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, as far as their end results, as far as what, you know, what produces a better spirit, I don't know that. Yeah. I, uh, years ago when I was researching, I actually, I, I went back and I tried to find these resources and I haven't been able to find them yet. But I, I have found where they've done side-by-side taste tests and nobody can tell the difference. Nobody can taste something and say, oh, that was made with copper or that was made with stainless. It was like a yeah. it was like a 50-50 kind of toss-up whether somebody got it right. It was no different than a coin toss. Mm, wow, yeah. And so when I, when I started making my steels, I chose stainless steel pots and copper 
column and everything. And really, the only reason I did that, first, stainless is just easier to keep. It's easier to maintain. So, but the copper, when you're building your own steel, it's a lot easier to find fittings and parts and all of that. And that's why I went with copper. Like, my choice to go with stainless steel pot and copper uh, vapor path really had more to do with how easy it was going to be to build it. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, and you can sweat together some fittings. Um, you know, I, I, me personally, I'm not a TIG welder, so that's that's exactly the route I would be taking too if I was building my own because, uh, you know, I can I can um, sweat together some, some pieces of uh, fittings and some copper pipe. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't. I would. I don't have the ability to TIG weld the stainless, but right. And yeah, and no. even if I, you know, just the parts like the like, I can run down to Home Depot and Lowe's and buy copper couplings and unions and all of that. But you can't do that with stainless. Yeah. Yep. But um, yeah. This is a. I'm looking at a picture of the steel online right now, and it's a good looking steel. I like it. And you guys have been known for your quality for a long time, and I think it's a great buy. I think the price point that you guys are at is a fair price for the quality uh, that you guys are putting out, and that's why I wanted to have you guys on the shows to talk about your your product because I, although I've never used one, I mean, I'll, full disclosure and honesty, I've never used one, but I've also never bought a steel. I've always made them, so if I was going to buy one. I would start with you guys. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. Thank you for the support. That's, uh, we appreciate that uh, very much. The, the the copper ones that we build, we do build them. We do TIG weld them. Uh, they're all TIG welded, and um, we try to make them as seamless as possible so they look, you know, because, you know, we know, I mean, people can go to the, uh, the, the hardware store and get fittings and sweat something together, and, you know, yeah, we could do that too, but we, we take the time to go through and, and, and TIG weld it give you something a little bit uh, a little bit neater than than you could just you know find and put together uh, yourself so that's that's kind of the idea behind it and we try to make it kind of a seamless look and when you get I'd like to do a video and get some up close um, shots with those with that copper it just doesn't do our pictures on our website don't do justice on it I mean that thing is is a really neat really neat yeah. looking still and you guys sell just about everything you need on your website um uh, for home distilling, don't you? Yeah, we do. We sell a variety of yeasts. Um, you know, there's a big stigma about the turbo yeast, and I understand that. There's, you know, there's some people that just cannot stand turbo yeast. Uh, we suggest it's kind of a good way to start because it's pretty robust and it's and it's just um, it's easy to use to start with. It doesn't. I mean, it's going to work. You know, you can. It, it has a. It, it, it has a, a a range, a good temperature range in it. I mean, there's no. You don't have to. Fi- you don't have to be finicky with it. You just put it in with some sugar water and and it'll ferment and yeah. uh, that's a good way to start just because when you're when you're first starting you don't want those challenges of oh you know i'm trying to run my still and you know i, I don't have any alcohol in it and all that so yeah. the turbo yeast anyway that's part of it i'm sorry i'm rattling on here on the turbo yeast but anyway that's uh that's you know, we sell a lot of different not, not only turbo yeast we also also sell distillers yeast and then we sell a lot of supplies um as far as um botanicals for the infusion for gin we sell books uh, for more information um, we sell citric acid for cleaning um, we sell ph test strips and ph for phing the mash i mean yeah there's some pretty much a to z we have a, a lot of products uh, for over actually over almost 700 products on our website yeah and, and you've got a lot of how-to articles on your website to make you know whether you want to make gin or rum it's, it's just a good resource your website Thank you, and we also have a um, a distilling 101 ebook that's on our homepage. That's it's uh, it's like 25 pages of information, and it's free. You just put your email in there and your first name, and we send it to you. You can find it right on the homepage of our website, and that's a that's a great way to to learn more. It shows a kind of a blueprint of a still, um, nice color pictures. You get it you get it sent to you in a PDF, so it's. Um, it's nice, easy to read information, and has like like I said, about twenty five pages full of it. So it's and it's free. So that's a nice way to get, get learn some more about distilling as well. Yeah. Now this um, this eight gallon copper two inch uh, dual purpose pro kit does it come? Does it also have 
the tubing and everything for your water, for your cooling? Yeah, it includes a hose kit. It also includes the column packing. So you get a roll of a one-pound roll of copper mesh and a bag of rashing rings. And then it also includes the hose kit. Now, the hose kit's a basic hose kit, and um, that's another one we need to do a video on uh, to, to just uh, inform people the ways you can hook up your hoses and then also cooling options. So for the, for the hose kit for this still is three pieces of tubing, a couple hose menders to hook to a garden hose, and it's, it's set up to just uh, daisy chain it. So you go through, you start by bringing your water in through a garden hose, thread it, uh, turn your garden hose into the mender that's on one of these pieces of tubing, and then the tubing goes into the condenser that's on the arm, uh, the final product condenser, in the bottom and then out the top, so the water travels through the jacket the opposite direction of the vapor. Mm -hmm. And then and then from there, daisy-chained into the reflux condenser, the bottom of the reflux condenser, and then out the top of the reflux condenser to a, to a hose mender that's on the end of the tubing to another hose, garden hose, that goes out to the yard or wherever. There is some better ways to do that. That's a kind of a basic hose kit. We've made it just simple so it doesn't get too complicated. But uh, the, better way, right. the better way to go is to run water into a splitter. So you run water into a splitter and then split the water to each condenser. And what that'll do... Right, because... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, then you're getting the coldest water to both the condenser um, and the reflux. Because yeah. daisy chaining it, by the time it gets to the reflux, it's warmed up a bit. Yeah, and that does work. And the reason we do it that is because it does work... Um, be because it's it's uh it's it's heating up the water a little bit for that reflux condenser. The reflux condenser can be a little touchy. If it gets too cold, it can it can actually stop a lot of that vapor from carrying over, and then um, it feels like it just feels like your still's not running. You're not getting anything coming out just because it's it's knocking down so much vapor. Um, but so that does help a little bit with that heat going through there, uh, or that little bit a little bit warmer water going into the reflux, a little bit softer, a little bit uh, a little bit more forgiving, but the, the, that when, when you run it into a splitter and you go to a splitter and you put a hose, uh, I mean, a, a ball valve, it, like sometimes if you go into like a, a, a garden hose splitter, the splitter will have a ball valve right on each each leg. So you can right. use that yeah. as a control. You don't really need it so much on your final product condenser. You want that just to be as cold as possible. But for the reflux condenser, it's nice to have some kind of flow control, a ball valve, so you can dial you can dial in your and adjust your reflux these on a two inch still with a jacketed type reflux condenser it's a little bit more forgiving um, but when you get into like a four inch diameter still with um with a more of the deflamator style reflux condenser which is a like a tube and shell type heat heat exchanger that gets pretty efficient and you can stop the vapor completely and put the still in total reflux that way. So on that one, oh wow! On that one, we actually we sell a needle valve for that one to control the the flow in a precision way. Just because you you, you don't need you need very little bit of water when you're running it um, to control that um, reflux. But on a, on a two inch still, same way. I mean that that's why the best way is to put that that ball valve in line or have a ball valve on a splitter just so you can control the water to your reflux condenser. Does that still also include the um, the five-pound safety valve, or is that an upgrade? That is an upgrade. Um, we will be eventually having uh, the safety valves on all stills. We're just um, we we have some different parts on order to make that happen. Uh, but looking at later on this year, um, we'll have that as far as an all stills, um, just as a safety precaution. We've never had any issues with it. Never had a customer tell us that they built pressure and blew up their still. We've had some distilleries have problems and. Uh, but that was a lot of uh, negligence on their part and uh, just um, um, not making sure things were right when they were running their still. But um, we've tested out, like, these are these are tri-clamp fittings between the columns and, uh, and on the lid, um, and we've tested that those out, and at 10 PSI, they push out. The, our pressure relief valves are set at 5 PSI, and in a, in a distillation process, we measured it with pressure transducers, and um, the most we ever got, even on a flute still with plated column and plenty of packing in the column, the most pressure we ever had was two psi. So we set 
We have yeah. so on ours. We have them at five psi. So my recommendation is to get it. It's twenty eight dollars. It gives you peace of mind. If for some reason there was ever any kind of blockage in the column condenser or in the column, um, and it started building pressure, you would know it right away when that pressure relief valve went off, and you could just turn your heat off and shut your still down, open it up, figure out what's going on. Yeah, not a bad idea. Yeah, because you know when you when you have a blockage and it's building pressure and you don't know it that's dangerous you know you blow up you know put pressure in and pretty soon it you know pushes off the top and hot liquid can can uh, splash on you and it would be just a bad bad situation but like i said i've never had any customers say that they've had a problem but it's just one of those safety things that i think that we eventually will just have it on all the stills just as as a precautionary well is there uh, is there anything else you want to cover before we wrap it up well, I wanted to thank you for talking with me today, and I appreciate your support. And I'd um, be happy to help any of your listeners um, get the right still, or if they have questions, they can email us um, or call us. We are a little bit behind right now, and, and the calls um, aren't getting answered like we'd like to. We are getting to back to people, but it's taken about a day or two. We've been uh, having a little bit of trouble in that area, but we're, we're getting it uh, corrected. But, yeah, I want to thank you. Thank you very much for having me on today, and um, we appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah, you bet. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk with us about it, for sure. And uh, I'm going to put some links in the show notes uh, for this particular steel that we've been talking about and um, for the main page for Mile High Distilling. Uh, maybe I'll also put a link down there for that, uh, what would you call it, Distilling 101 the the free ebook yeah that's it yep it's dealing 101 ebook it's on the home page of our website um you'll see it um uh, on the home page just put your e your email and your um and your first name and have it sent to you and if you have any problems yeah please send me an email let me know i i don't always know if something's not working unless somebody tells us but we'll well i'm definitely going to get out an uh, email off to our web guide today right when we get off here and um, have them take a look at it make sure we're that thing's working properly all right, cool. Yeah. Well, Jason, again, I appreciate it, brother. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate you, and thank you for doing what you're doing. You know, that's uh, that's great to get um, information out there and um, to these uh, new home distillers. I think it's going to be a, a good fit for people. Thank you. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe we can do this again uh, another time about another product or, or whatever. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Love it. For sure. Okay. All right, man. Well, we will talk to you later then. Okay, thank you. Take care. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Share this episode with people you think might enjoy it. That would be much appreciated. It'll sure help our show grow. And don't forget, doing is improving. Have a good one. Talk to y'all next week.